Sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation. You're currently tuning into the Cult Pop Podcast live stream, aka spoiler alert, episode 732, where we review the past week's comics as well as talk about some fun pop culture things. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo, owner of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex at 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia, PA. Uh, gracefully festooned upon the tapestry of culture that is Maniunk. Uh, every week, I thank my lucky stars that this individual is able to bless us with his wit, his spirit, his deep-ass voice, but most importantly, his smile. Please welcome the man, the myth, and legend, Brian Lieb. Hey, thank you. Thank you, JD. I'm happy to be here every week. Oh, yeah. Noel's here, too. Hey. <coughs> no, no. Yeah, there it is. Hey, Um, hey, finger gunning it. The audacity of that introduction. Uh Uh-oh. I thought uh, the boldness of it, I really enjoyed. I did not start recording on audacity. Oh, is that right? (laughs) Oh, hey. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, ditto. Wow. All right, well, I'm recording now. (laughs) Good. As am I. Sorry. Uh, thanks to those that are joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. If you know what we're doing here, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. The joy of doing this live is that you all join in the chat. So pipe up if you want. We will respond to you if it's relevant. That is cool. Uh, you know, I've noticed that we've uh, we we don't get as many emails as we used to, but we get you know we get to interact with people live, and I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's, that's, that's cool. Is there any way for them to pay you money if they wanted to? If they wanted to, uh, they could. Yeah. We'll get to that later. Ooh, cool. Stay and tuned, guys. <laughs> Give up your money. <laughs> oh, God damn it. No. <laughs> we already put it on the screen. You can go to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo to help out the show. Uh, but if you don't have any money, because none of us do, just to hang out with us and, and yeah. give us your love. Like oh, it. it was uh, it, emails were mentioned. Uh, you could always write JD's Hero Complex at gmail.com if you want mm-hmm. to send a question or a comment or a topic of discussion, but don't have time to actually meet us here at 10 30 in the morning or for some reason may feel shy about just message like just commenting as mm-hmm. you go. Who knows? Anyway. Any there reason? Lurkers. We have lurkers who don't, you know, join in the convo. That's cool. Uh, all right. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Comment. Good morning, cult poppers. How was your week? Asks Robert Monroe Jr. Who wants Jr. to go? Yes. My week's great. Good. I mean, <laughs> at any time that you feel tired or sad or overwhelmed, just look into the eyes of your child. Oh, my God. Do you mean this child? <gasps> Don't wake him up. Don't wake him up. Hey. Please. Okay. hey. <laughs> I didn't wake him up. Oh, he was just, he's down here in his little rocker right just staring up at me. What's that Little outfit guy. he's got on? Who's on that outfit? Um, oh, geez. Whoop. What's he wearing? He pulled out my headphones. 
Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> Doing it live. Uh, you know, it's a little boy with a crown oh, riding yeah? a bear. Oh, he's in like a mountainous area. Yeah, with a lantern on his dick. I like that guy. Oh, okay. Everything on the, his dick. Everything stick. the light touches. I don't know what his dick is. Everything the light touches. Yes. Uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, normally, yeah. we would get to the letters portion of the show, but as we, as That's I said, discussed. we don't have any letters because yeah. they're all in the comments. We're going to get into the comic block part of the show, and we're going to start off with King in Black number five from Marvel Comics, mm -hmm. and it's by Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman, and this is the um, what would you call it? The finale. The denouement. Uh, uh, no, the denouement. Is that uh, what happens right before the finale, actually? Uh, what's the coup de gras? That's the cup of grass. <laughs> Fuck you. No, it's actually the blow of mercy, right? It's the killing stroke when the enemy is defeated. The, oh, yeah. the, the blow of grace this to is kill that. him. This yeah. is that. Uh, yeah. Of Donny Cates' long run on Venom, and then uh, oh, Absolute Carnage, and now King in Black, the sequel to that. And uh, Diamond has this to say. What's a god to a non-believer? Hmm. That, that's it. That's, that's an interesting question. Um, so, <laughs> you know, when Donny Cates first jumped on the, the Venom, the Venom Phenom, as it's called, <laughs> only by me, uh, I was like, oh, this is weird. There's like a god of symbiotes. And it just, it felt like it was really diverging from what Venom always has been. And mm. sort of building a much larger um, mythology to the symbiotes and to Venom and to Eddie Brock and giving him a child and making him much more uh, personable as a character. And then, oh, he's hanging out with the Avengers. That's friggin' weird. I don't know how I feel. So I, I do have some, some in-between feelings about this where, yeah, Venom isn't Venom anymore as we know him, but also isn't that good you know, uh, moving things forward with a character, what we want, what I generally want out of a out of a of a comic series. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. And so, where we wind up at the end of this series is very different than the Venom that we got back in what issue three hundred of Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if this wrapped up in a way that I felt was completely satisfactory. I think that it was a little quick. Um, once, once the big thing happens and we have the God of light show up, who is never explained by the way, I know who he is because of my long decades mm. reading Spider-Man and Marvel comics, uh, spider Peter Parker had this particular ability at one point oh, as well. That was awesome. That was real cool. He was yeah. like able to fly and his powers yeah. were really enhancing and he could like control you like his control webbing. his webs in various ways. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah, very he cool. He could like morph <laughs> his webs into different things. Yeah. And and we found that eventually that he he had become uh in possession of the Enigma Force. The Enigma Force. Yeah, and he became Captain Universe? Universe. Captain yeah. Universe, yeah. yeah. Uh and it, like he had the Captain Universe costume except for his webs on his mask. Yeah, which I thought was a pretty cool like combination of the two, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um so anyway, that that's the guy of light and that's the guy who shows up to to help Venom uh to resurrect Eddie Brock and defeat No. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. What did you think of the defeat of Noel? No. Um, I, I'm, I've been, I've been like locked and loaded into this series since the first like arc of Venom. Because unlike you, I don't have any happy memories of this character. I think he's shit. 
Venom? He's always really? been shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? I hate I hate Venom. Um, the only yeah. time that I enjoyed it is when yeah. Why don't you just Why don't you just go away, JD? You're not needed anymore because Venom is garbage. The only time that I <laughs> the only time that I liked him or the like to the character, what they did with the characters when they completely left turned and Rick Remender made it Flash Thompson and more of a espionage book. It was like, cool, this is really fun. This is taking a very 90s trope and kind of turning it into something else. Um, Donny Cates came on and applied a weird mythology or a, a space mythology that didn't exist before, which was interesting to me. And throughout all of it, he's been taking small pieces of Marvel continuity, not always explaining them and applying it to uh, this was a street character for a very long time, making it big, like slowly making it bigger and bigger. And it's kind of culminated here. The I, it's, it's, it's fun, you know, like um, everything from how they used to draw uh, his drool green has a reason Um uh, why he is able to do what he can do has a reason why there's gaps in his memory. Um, you know, how come we never knew he had a son stuff that is all given this, these, these, um, Jeff Johns level retcons okay. where they're straight retcons, but they come from a place of absolute knowledge about the character and the, the, like he the could have always been intended. Kind yeah. Of retcon. And, yeah, yeah. And when you mentioned too, like, well, they never really explain what the Enigma force is. They did like I jumped in during rebirth. They never really explain what parallax is if you go back and read it, unless you knew what it was. It's just they they give it to you, and hopefully it's inspiring enough to go look up what the hell the Enigma Force is, and then you'll see like oh shit, oh shit. But I really did enjoy the I, the retcon of taking it because it wasn't just taking the Enigma Force and Captain Universe and kind of making it function like a symbiote does, like an ancient symbiote does, like just darkness and light. But they tied it all back to Jason Aaron's Thor also. Mm-hmm. Like the not just the Necrosword, which they had done before, but that being that the other being was Gore. fighting. Yeah, well, it was pre-gore. Oh. The original being that was the then like uh, there's that like two or three panels of two like ancient beings right. locked in battle and they're just like husks, and one was the all black and the necro sword and they never talk about the other one the other one was the enigma force the other one was the god of light right. like they they're tying all these little disparate pieces together so on the surface action movie this whole issue just structurally was climax so the turn actually happened at the end of the last issue and this was all fight so if you're just looking at this issue as as a as one piece it's just an action issue it's a fight you know this is the turn where the hero has the upper hand and they have it for the whole issue yeah. I saw some people online were kind of complaining, like, this was just a one-sided fight. I was like, it wasn't if you read the last 20 issues. Like, <laughs> Nell has, right, like, Nell has been quickly, destroying a them yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, so yeah. It, was, it wasn't. like it, yeah. But, um, but uh, I, I just, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I know that it's stupid. I know that it's 1,000% comics, essentially, also, too, the stuff that we kind of all hate about comics. It's just done incredibly well. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is fun. This is just fun. Yeah, to go back to what you were saying about um, Jason Aaron's Thor, that's when I started to really appreciate the Venom run. Because I saw yeah. what Donny Cates was doing and how he was using things from other bits of Marvel history. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's what I like about comics. Yeah. That's what I like about shared universes. Oh, yeah, the, the, another plot thread in Venom that would, like hasn't been brought back is he 
he wheel um he folded in the ultimate universe and where it's been into his venom run oh, with really? oh, yeah with the with maker, the maker. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that ended in a really interesting place where the maker disappeared into a universe that we presume is 1616 is the ultimate universe and we never touched it again so like he's not only taking like stuff like captain universe from 30 40 years ago but he's also playing with recent history mm-hmm. and and retconning things all around it's just it's a really it's a full package and um i know you guys didn't read venom number 34 which came out this week also he's also bringing oh you did i said he's also he brought back flash yeah. Oh, did he? I Flash wondered yeah. at the end of this. I was like, oh, is he oh. going to come back? And, oh, great. He, like he's he's doing that perfect thing at the end of like long runs where you put all the toys back. Yeah. In like a really fun way. Run. He's like yeah. Yeah. fixing it. It's, from, yeah. Yeah. It's so wonderful. I, I was, I was oh, very cool. happy with this. And there's one more issue of, of Venom coming. But as far as like, you know, the mm-hmm. the coda on the end of a run or the climax of an end of a run, I'm very, I'm very happy with this ups and downs, all of it. I, um, yeah, that's cool. That's good. Uh, it looks like this was the start of a whole new thing for him. But is that is he just doing like a one issue thing, and somebody else will do that? Yeah, he's got uh, one. It's like an eighty page issue, like one big anniversary oh, okay. issue left to end the run, and then the next creative team hasn't been announced. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it well, you mentioned JD that uh, you know this is not the Venom from whatever Amazing Spider Man one hundred. Did you say two ninety eight? Um. And there were two different things that I thought at the end of this, when he, you know, everything is one and, um, or almost everything. I was like, there's no way that they could have Eddie Brock at this point, go back to ever being like kind of an anti-hero. I mean, obviously they could, they could start ignoring this and then it's done, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, you know, I thought that, but it's also funny. You should say that because I noticed at the end of this, he had, um, like at the very end before he, before he like goes off, he's got, um, no tongue coming out of his mouth, right. And his teeth are closed and he looks like the Eddie Brock from the very first appearance before they had done the tongue coming out of his mouth and all that stuff, yeah. uh, which I forgot was not always part of his design either. You know, it's so emblematic. Um, the uh, one more note about his design, I, the fact that they incorporated the Captain Universe stuff I thought was pretty cool, but I didn't, it was maybe a little too subtle. I didn't yeah. notice it for like six pages and then I had to go back to see if it was there. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, as we were talking, I would think, or I was thinking, you know, Captain Universe is all about the circles and the lines. Yeah. Uh, it could have been cool to see the circle and lines kind of in the Venom. Yeah. Look, you know, but anyway. yeah, there, there was, there was a really, there was a, it wasn't a fail, but it was a. It wasn't enough of a redesign to really mm-hmm. see the power up. Um, it was just because yeah. because they have the the whole like kind of ramp up to it where choose your form. It's like the the force is choosing you or the force. Uh, <laughs> the enemy force is choosing you, so choose your your true form. Mm. Uh, you're the chosen one, kind of thing. And he's just like my old costume. Yeah, basically. Yeah, but glowy. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I would have, I would have also been like, oh, give me something a little bit like, because if it's, it's really just yeah. a power up for one right, extended right. climax. It's not like a new thing. So hey, yeah. show me a new action figure. Yeah, give exactly. me something crazy. Yeah, give yeah. me Captain Universe Venom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. In Captain Universe, it's blue. It's a, it's blue star field. 
So, um, yeah, yeah, I did. I had the same problem, Brian. I did not notice the Starfield mm-hmm. on Venom's, you know, <laughs> new look until yeah. way, way later, and I went, "Oh, there it is." Yeah, I, was I like, went oh, back you know and I was like, "Oh, done. it was there." Was that? Yeah, it was there. Yeah, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, it didn't really go uh, as far with it as I would have liked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, me too. Um, Especially like you were saying, oh, it's it's one issue. Let's let's do it. Um, yeah, now, no, why do you think? He... What's that? I was gonna say, what do you guys think about things like um, he is able to command Mjolnir and Silver Surfer's? Oh, that's actually that is also what I was gonna I was gonna ask Noel. Like, is there a reason that he can do that, or is just like Uh, two powerful weapons nearby? Uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. There's no explicit okay. reason. However, right now he's imbued with not only the Enigma Force, but also weaponry and and capabilities older than Asgard. Wait, so, why is he? Why that because the, the 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 Necro Sword and then also the the God of Light. So like it's it's uh, like Thor related weaponry. Does he have the Necro predates? Sword? He's a. It's part of him now because he was the, like like he's the part order. of the the symbiote, okay. like the All Black. Like it, it's able to command back and forth kind of stuff. Uh, so okay. it's it's not really explicitly stated. It's just like yeah, they've yeah. tied the origin of a lot of these things into both Cosmic Surfer from millennia mm-hmm. ago when he first faced the King in Black all the way to Jason Aaron's run of Thor. So the idea of kind of bridging the two by creating mm-hmm. a weapon was, is mm-hmm. I think it's more fan servicey than like explicitly makes sense. Sure. It's just kind of cool. Gotcha. Well, and the Enigma Force like takes care of it for me personally. You know, it's like, well, he's got the Enigma Force. They, they can do, yeah. like, basically anything. He's imbued with the god of goodness and life. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it, yeah. I'm just now, right this yeah. second, noticing that the shape of his axe is the spider on his chest. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that either until you explicitly I, pointed it out. No joke. <laughs> I, I will like, imagine the, the skulls of whatever action variants will have the being. Hopefully we'll have, like, a more defined star field. And with that weapon, I think I might be down. I think yeah, I'd, I'd buy, buy that. that. I'd buy yeah. that. I'd put it on oh, my yeah. shelf. <laughs> oh, overall, this was a really, really over-the-top, big, crazy, fun. He cut off the head of the fucking, um, what's that thing the called? Celestial. A celestial. Celestial. I liked how readily it was done, too. It was like, yeah, yeah I, this is not a big river. Also, no, when he does what he does, like, what is that? Is the is this king in, in black, like... A guy who bonded to a symbiote a very long time ago, or yes. oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, um, he's the person that found the dead corpse of the original being that became the um, Necrosword, the the All Black. Where did we? So learn that? he himself, we learn it in Venom. Like he's actually in Venom. Okay, I must. Have yeah, it's, it's actually it's it's in the first arc in like. So, like the first six issues, Rex of of uh, of Donny Cates' Venom almost seeds all of this stuff, and now three years later, we kind of get the culmination of of all of it. I'm going to read Venom's weird. Venom's like a weird mix because I always wanted more of his. Like I always wanted to see like what if, uh, what if other heroes went to the same machine Spider Man went to, or like let's yeah. learn about the symbiote like planet where they are from, and they never touched on it. You know what I mean? I mean, decades. so, uh, so went to it. Yeah. Um, Bendis attempted to define it, Did which he? was, yeah, it was the planet Clintar and all of the symbi- the symbiotes were actually just kind of like, it's the planet is created out of all uh, of symbiotes and they're all, they're all like perfect organisms in a, in a planetoid. 
Um, and the one that got to Earth was corrupted. That's why Venom was always mm-hmm. kind of crazy and corrupted. And then when Flash was a part of the Guardians, they discover all this, and the Clintar actually heal his symbiote. Ah, so um, and oh. he's able to, like, that's when he turns into, like, a mech-looking thing, and he's able to do, like, tons more. Oh. Um, and then they kind of moved away from that. But Donny Cates didn't throw that away. Mm. He kind of revealed another level of information. So the Clintar are a planetoid of symbiotes, but it wasn't a planet so much as a jail. What they were doing oh, was they were they were all we're collecting to keep yeah. the null inside of it. So it was like a jail for him. Oh, as I opposed you. to just went. Yeah. So like it's it's guys, it's classic comic booking where oh, they just cool. kind of keep yes handing each other with story yeah, points. Yeah. And it's just great. It's just yeah. super great. That's cool. See that's what I love so much about uh Universe X, JD. And uh, well, you may have started with Earth X, but um, yeah. that's why it surprised me to hear you say you like that so much. That's like one of the main things I like about that. Uh, and I know that you're not so into that series. Yeah. And before we before we move off of this book, I, I think it should get it should get we're, we all like it. Oh, baby. Kitty. That's not a baby. Yeah. yeah um, you won't yeah. leave me alone. We um we shouldn't. I think we should give some credit by just how weird and wild this goes. You mentioned like celestials. Mm. I mean, two issues ago, um, symbiotes took over a celestial and started to attack uh, a city. But then Tony Stark took God armor that was established in like Kieran Gillen's run five or six years ago and imbued that with extremist tech. And they had a big boss battle. I mean, this mm. is huge and stupid and it's wonderful. God damn it. I, I love this stuff. Justin Agnew says, say this is a sweet wrap up for these following, following. Gates start, start with Venom. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I just I felt a little <laughs> quick. That's all. But overall, I think this was a big, big bucket of fun. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to X Batman, second son, number one from DC Comics, written by John Ridley, with art by Tony Akins and Travel Foreman. Readers now know that after the event of Future State, Tim Fox is the next Batman. What's his origin story? Why has he been estranged from Lucius Fox and his family for so long? Connected to the dramatic events of Infinite Frontier number zero, these questions and many more will be explored in this thrilling new Digital First miniseries. I I read the Digital First, um, and uh, I don't I don't like I don't like reading the Digital Firsts uh, because what they're doing. Is they're mm. taking a regular comic book and they're chopping it in half, mm. uh, and that is super yeah. frustrating. Just let me, just give me the issue and let me read the whole first issue. Um, yeah, Which also must not- constrain the artist a bit, right? Because they know that they're producing for digital first, so they really have to make it work. I mean, wait, top and bottom, you know? Do they know? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. But you don't see any like full page thing you know what i mean i don't well, know i i know yeah. more so than that just the way the story is constructed do yeah. they know that like th- like that that these full stories are kind of being chopped inorganically in the middle yeah. but because, especially with this series that future state yeah. is going to be a whole other thing yeah well so much so like um ah. i i read this in print i uh, I skip like the the digital is all the way up to like issue five or six, but I I wanted to explicitly read this in print because I want a full mm-hmm. issue. And after after reading the issue, I went back and looked where like the stop point was mm-hmm. for the digital. Mm-hmm. And if that was the stop point of the first issue for me, I wouldn't continue reading. 
<laughs> because it gives me nothing. Like a dude shows up in a room. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, I have another I, question. The do you have the physical issue right there with you? Um, I didn't bring it with me. Let me check if it's I on think, the stands. I, I've got it over here because there's one panel where um, Jace's like bottom of his foot is cut off in the digital one, and I wonder if it is. Um, if it extends into the next page and the physical copy. I don't have it. I don't have it with me, but I, I, I probably, it probably doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Right. Also, yeah, but not this is for all nothing, but this, this art um, by Tony Akins, I believe I, I might be wrong, but I feel like he was a guy who was part of the GI Joe reboot over at IDW or one of those publishers. Um, and uh, it, it wasn't for me then, and it's not for me now. This does not seem like top-tier DC um, comic booking. Mm. So, I don't know. It, 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 this was fine. Uh, I wasn't blown away by it. Um, yeah, look at this. Here, yeah, here are two different pages, if you look on the screen. Uh -huh. Here's the last page broken up into two pages. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Classic yeah, that's panel. Man Your dad wants you home, Jimmy. Oh, what's what's the next cliffhanger page going to be? Oh, it's their feet. <laughs> and to be continued. So, that is the last page. Yeah. So I am I am currently reading through all the IDW GI Joe, and I don't remember that artist. However, I didn't I didn't find it that bad. It's just yeah, serviceable, right? Oh, Travel Foreman. Are we talking about Travel Foreman? I didn't right? notice Travel Foreman in here at all. I know what Travel uh, Foreman art oh, looks JD, like. That's the page. Look, uh, there it is. His foot is not oh. cut off, and they cut it off for the digital. See? Yeah, this this is not this is not yeah. digital first. This yeah. is this is edited to and be it digital. Works, it works so much better as a page when the foot is like extending into these descending panels. Like that's a pretty good page. Yeah. Um, if I could for a second say Animal Man, the travel foreman did. Speaking of page layout, you guys, if you are interested in page layout, that is a book to read. It's some of the best yeah. that I've seen ever. Like he's using the white spaces and extending things out. It's really, really well done. So I've I've actually waited to read it because I was waiting for the new 52 omnibus or Swamp Thing omnibus sure. also because okay. I want to read them in succession with each other. So I've got both waiting. Oh, sweet. To, yeah. I really like but, those two. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, like, art aside and um, publishing schedule or choices mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. aside, uh, please read this in print, everybody. <laughs> um, I I kind of dug this. I liked the story a lot. Like I was I was very happy with the progression of the story. I think that they are stretching things out too much. So we've had we've read four issues of Future State, and we've been reading this now. Just tell me why the fuck he changed his name. Oh yeah. Uh, like it's yeah. there's these there's these inorganic mysteries, uh, and I'm just I'm I'm it's not a mystery anymore. It's just annoying. Just tell me why. In future um, state, it kind of made sense because you're like, oh, okay, we won't get it in a bit. But this, it's I don't know, just it's too much. Like you were saying, like what happened when he was 17? And what, what? I did I don't know the entire family makeup of the Fox family. So he was talking to one sister, and then something happened to the other sister. I'm like, oh, he has two sisters. Okay, yes. Like I didn't yeah. know all of these things. So mm -hmm. there's a couple of like story points that I didn't drive with. However, overall, this is, this is solid. I am interested in, in Jace. Uh, I like the idea of him being a little bit of a freedom fighter and his brother is Batwing. Mm -hmm. So somewhere along the lines, one hanging up and one taking over. And do they know that about each other? I think it's, it's a pretty fascinating, mm -hmm. complex mm -hmm. 
uh, drama, right? So overall, I don't think this is a waste. I just think that it's a waste to do it digitally. That that makes sense. I also wonder, like, and I really don't know, will he become the next Batman during this or not? And if the answer is no, then, no. you know, and I suspect That's that it fine. is no, then I'm like, because what you were just talking about and all that, that kind of thing won't be explored, you know, which is unfortunate because that is an interesting idea. Like, do they know that each one is the other and that kind of thing? I also found myself thinking, you remember his costume in Future State had kind of the classic Batman cowl, but with oh, the face the face that is yeah. usually uncovered covered as well. I think that is a similar design to this Batwing. I think it works better in Batwing, though, where... Well, it's, it's a full mask. Cow. Exactly, yeah. The There's cowl. like a, a step off around his entire face. Well, uh, also, I, I also think that... So I think in Future State explicitly, I think the choice to cover mouth for mm-hmm. the cowl was to not know that I'm not Batman because he yeah, clearly yeah. has a different skin color. Right. And you do see it um, later in Justice League. Yeah, like it doesn't later, have to be a secret. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, more of a identity thing. It, it makes sense. And it would make sense in story, too, for that. Yeah. For that reason. Um, I found myself reading this and thinking, like, ooh, I want I want this to be the Batwing story. Like, I'm more interested. Like, he's cool. I'm interested in that. Um yeah. I mean, isn't this the larger problem with DC right now? So this could have been a lead up to something else. However, we know that it's not going to be a lead up to what we saw for four issues already, even though there are pieces of it that align with current continuity and like mm-hmm. Tinians. It's just, it's all a mess that goes nowhere. So I'm trying to just be like, if it succeeds just where it is, I, I you can't yeah. think about that because not yeah. only, not, and it's not even like a don't spoil the story for yourself. It's just, you put all these breadcrumbs and you've already told us it's not going to like lead to a meal. So I guess I'll just enjoy the breadcrumbs. Okay. And yeah. It's like, a, yeah. you know, now that you mentioned it that way, I remember reading, um, there was this like Superman green lantern story that was published years after it was done. And Neil Gaiman wrote it. And, they didn't publish it. He was not well known at the time and they didn't publish it because like it conflicted with the direction they wanted to go with. So it was right after a crisis and they're like, no, we're not going to do it. They published it later and it was good. It was a fun story, but it took place in a continuity that, you know, didn't exist at that time. And it was just fun on its own, you know, like a little mini almost an Elseworlds kind of thing. And if Mm. it can be something like that, then, and is a good story on its own, then that's good. are we even allowed to use that term anymore? Because now Elseworlds? they're making Elseworlds a part of continuity for this Elseworld and Infinite Frontier, which just messes Elseworld, up everything yeah. else. Oh, so, I'm still going to Oh, I have such such I, look, strong I, and lovely feelings towards Elseworlds. <laughs> I I approach literally everything at DC now being cool. It's not going to match with everything else. Yeah. I, it needs to just stand on its own because they're making it very clear. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know that that's the case though. For I, I, mean, I mean, everything picks it? and chooses what it decides to. Does it? I mean, have you noticed that canon. in the in the comics, like in the reading of the comics? Have you noticed? Yeah, that? have you? I mean, read Justice League, read the f- first couple of Philip Kennedy Johnson Supermans, read the Flash, and then also read um, just this past week Green Lantern, uh-huh. which we're going to talk about, and then yeah, this. Yeah. They none of them match. Oh, especially Batman. Batman's just doing its own goddamn thing. I mean, uh, do um, they contradict each other continuity wise? They don't contradict each other continuity-wise, but they don't reference any kind of continuity, which is, I guess, the same thing. 
Um, it's not, it's not as egregious. Hang on, hang on. It's not as, well, I mean, I mean, the absence of something could also be the same or the same argument for the existence of something. Okay. So, um, there, it's not like a Alfred's dead in one book and Alfred's alive in another book kind of egregious. It's more, we're not going to talk about anything else because we don't know where the lines are drawn Mm. with every other book. You know yeah, I mean? like in Batman, they're yeah. actually looks like they're building towards future state because mm. they've got the Mayor Kanata or Tanaka or Tanaka, I think. Yeah. Tanaka, Mayor Tanaka, who is, you know, running on a platform of no masks, which, you know, we know in the future state is how we get to where we are with, no, you know, with oh, dark right. detective. And they've, they've talked about the magistrate program, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Well, but yeah. what if we just like future state is is not this. This is not building the future state. We're not trying to piece together how this will lead to future state. That's just something that could happen out of current continuity. So like the fact that that is happening in Batman and they may be pursuing threads from future state and Superman is not, well, that's, I mean, that's just how continuity is playing out. Do you, do you feel that there's a shared continuity across the main books in DC? I mean, why no less so than when Superman and the Flash don't have anything to do with each other that week, <laughs> you know. And now the one thing that has been a, a, that it was iffy was the Flash appearance in Justice League versus the Flash. But I think Justice League is like right before Barry hands over the the realm and Infinite Frontier, yes. But those overview stories are often a little off from what actually mm-hmm. happens. Yeah, I, I I don't think. Uh, the, the long and short of it is, I don't think DC's in a great position right now mm. with with their line of books. Mm. I think there are good ones. I think there are a bunch of mediocre ones, mm. but they don't feel cohesive. Um, I don't feel like it's a great experience. Um, you know, they, they keep doing this. They keep setting a thing up and then not having the strength of their convictions to see it through. New New Fifty Two. We're gonna change everything. Well, except Batman and Green Lantern. They always yeah. existed. What? Yeah. How? What? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And it threw the entire thing off. And every single person went, "Well, wait, what?" Yeah, how? it did throw the entire. It did. Yeah. yeah. Um. It just felt like they yeah. they half-assed their way through their line-wide events. You know, well, fair, they fair set up or this not. Few- no, sorry. I thought that that was your. Yeah, continue. Uh, Oh, fair or not, I think um, Dan DiDio definitely had the reputation of every few years we're going to completely change what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And that Future State was maybe the last one and didn't fly and he is not in that position anymore. And I don't know that that is the truth of the matter. But, like, yeah, they definitely did that. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. we're here in the same situation. We're, here's future state. This is where the DC universe is headed. Well, not really. Maybe some of them will. I don't know. What I mean, do even think? even what? future state didn't have any kind of cohesion. Yeah. So, hmm. I mean, I think future state's issue was that it was going to be one thing, and then they completely changed it, but they didn't want to get rid. You know, like so that I mean, was a mess. That's a different. That's, that's a. That's a. What's the phrase? How's the phrase? That's a uh, distinction without a difference. It doesn't matter where the bad choice was made, whether it was cho- like whether it was to fix a previous bad choice. It's still always a bad choice, you know. Like, it, well, it, I think it does matter as in terms of like what we can expect. 
from the future of DC Comics, right? Like, but this is just a loop of the same things, whether it was done by accident to fix a mistake and or the original mistake, it's still the same thing where there's no tactile cohesion in a shared universe. Yeah, I don't really feel that way. I don't I don't see why you guys do, but I mean I I hear that's you. Fair. But um yeah, everybody uh, has what do you guys experience? think about the tournament thing? I think that's an interesting the what? This like tournament of titles that they're doing right now. Oh, I don't have Twitter, so I can't vote. But oh, uh, the round robin. Yeah, I think all the interesting ones are already off the field. So, oh really? I think it's like a fifty-fifty. There's some of them that I'm like, ooh, that looks cool. I hope it wins. And apparently, also they're going to gauge interest in this, and some of these things might happen even if they don't win. Ah, Lord Penguins. Lord is- Penguins is taken. Oh, hello. hello, Lord Penguins um, is taken. Let me ask you this, because I haven't voted yet, but I want to. Uh, mm-hmm. Did I already miss Robbins? Oh, no, no that's that's so. the that's the one that's still there, and that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my been, favorite one. That's yeah, Tim Seeley, mm-hmm. I think is the the writer for that. Um, that was, that's the coolest one that's already in yes. there. There's two really cool ones, that, three cool ones that are in there. Um, <laughs> there's a Zatanna one that's really cool, but it's yeah. being written by the Soska sisters, and I don't like anything they've done. So no, it's like I love this character. Show. Yeah. I love these characters, but I like they've written some comics and I they're not good. Yeah. Um, but I don't like the creative team. So yay. Uh, <laughs> we should describe and, uh, what we're talking about. So DC yeah, Comics on Twitter is having an initiative right now where there are polls up. There is a uh, what is it called? Uh, it's a bracket sp- tournament. It's like March Madness. Yeah. Yes, it's a basketball sports. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Sports stuff. Um, yeah. sports voting. Uh, and so you can go on and vote for different titles against other titles. Like, like they're all potential titles. titles. Yeah, perspective yeah, yeah. titles, yeah, that don't yeah. exist yet. But the fans get to choose what they want, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> those tournament kind of things always annoy me because it's like, well, yeah, but had the one that won gone up against this one that was eliminated in round one, then it right. might have been different, you know. Yes. But That's sports, uh, bro. Yeah, I know. And I, oh, man, and there's a whole kettle of kettle of worms on that but uh um, kettle of worms oh kettle of horns yeah or worms worms an entire worm kettle, kettle of worms it's a worm kettle that's where i keep my worms ah it's that old phrase oh man i he was stuck in a big old Here. worm kettle He's stuck the, in a worm kettle do you guys uh, so so before we jump off this topic do you guys want to know the eight that are still available and, yeah, and the, the matchups yeah. all right so i pulled it up so um there are eight titles still in the running uh and these are the matchups um oh, superman ask, and lois I'm sorry before before we go on how many are there going to be total at the end? Just one? Uh, one, but this is not a true tournament. Like, if there's strong support for something that got eliminated, I think, they might pick it up late. You know, I like, think there's a – yeah, because yeah. Yeah, these are full pitches. Right, Create right. teams attached, even the ones we, don't, we didn't know about. So if you were a fan of some of them sounding cool, you, like – Like you might hear it. about. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I can probably – we can probably guarantee that the top two will maybe get – a digital series or something. I can see that. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got Superman and Lois Ignition, written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, with art by Vasco George Way. George Gray. Is, Superman is, and is Lois Drag Racing. What Ignition <laughs> means? What is the? He has his supermobile, so- and they drag hang on, race. Hang on, hold on. Our solar system is a machine, and its purpose is to trap and kill Superman. The sun is darkening. Mars' orbit is changing, and a mysterious citadel in Jupiter's great red eye has awoken. It's time for Kal-El to stand against the very end of his world. But he won't be doing it alone. Lois Lane is suited up and blasting off to get the biggest story of human history and to watch no. Clark's back as he faces the greatest challenge yet. No. 
I'd read that, but I wouldn't Next. vote for it out of this. Um, that <laughs> is up against Suicide Squad 7 by Rex Ogle with art by Diogenesis Nevis. Harley Quinn leads a team... Oh, I'm already out. <laughs> Harley Quinn leads a team of criminals, a millionaire, adventurer, a stage musician, a sugar-obsessed serial killer. Ooh. A delusional, a delusional former superhero, a drunk assassin, a mute metahuman, and a child who becomes a monster to stop the centuries-old Church of Blood from trying to destroy all mankind. Superman yes. and Lois Ignition. Out of the, yeah. There we go. Uh, the next matchup is Blue Beetle Graduation Day versus Jesse Quick, colon, Control. Jesse Quick. So, um, Blue Beetle Graduation Day is written by Josh Trulio with art by Adrian Gutierrez. Trapped between heroics and his future, Jamie Reyes is directionless. When re when the reach interrupts Jamie's high school graduation, things only get worse. Oh, that is um, oh Starfire! Actually. Starfire becomes a new member to Blue Be a new mentor to Blue Beetle. So it'll be oh. like a Starfire Blue Beetle. Okay, that's kind of cool. cool. Yeah, that's an interesting. Um, Jesse Quick control when Jesse Quick uses her speed to ac to access an alien artifact. Um, from a long dead civilization, she finds herself imbued with the ability to harness and control the elements around her, as well as hers as her super speed is drained. Interesting. Um, this is written by Stephanie Phillips with art by David Lafuente. Ah. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, matchup number three, Lobo, Animal Man, Scorched Earth, written by Heath Corson with art by Scott Hepburn versus Robbins by Robbins. Tim Seeley. Yeah. I, we we won't right. even read those. Let's yeah. keep going. Lobo <laughs> versus Nightwing. Come on. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The next one is Green Lanterns Underworld of Fire, written by Cena Grace with art by Ken Marion. Cena Grace writing Green Lanterns. That's pretty cool. And it's Kyle and Kilowog. Oh, that's a cool. Oh, yeah. I like yeah. that. Green Lanterns, Kyle, Rayner, and Kilowog are put on the case. And will Kyle be able to do this one by the book when he finds out who's behind it all? He won't. You know Kyle. He, no, he won't. He's a, he's a hothead <laughs> artist. Uh, anyway. Hey. Uh, and then versus... Zatanna and the King of Nightmares, written yeah. by the Soska sisters, um, with art by Vanessa Del Rey. Something is terribly wrong with Zatanna's powers, but before she can heal herself, she's forced to confront her worst fears in a strange new spiritual realm ruled by the terrifying otherworldly foe known as the King of Nightmares. That is one sentence. Oh. Okay. Next. That's it. Those are those are the four matchups. That's, That's eight. Okay. So Robin. Vers um, <laughs> Blue Beetle versus Jesse Quick. I mean, I think both are strong, but yeah, I guess Jesse Quick just because Dave LaFuente art. But I mean, I want to see Starfire Blue Beetle. Yeah. Plus, if Jesse Quick loses her speed in this one, maybe I prefer that that not happen. You know, we'll see what happens. Oh, there's no real in comics. Oh, I know. She can come back with speed tomorrow. Superman versus the Suicide Squad. I think that whoever wins this, we all lose. Superman would absolutely be my pick out of those two. Oh, yeah. Superman and Lois Ignition. Um, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting concept. It could be a cool miniseries, but, you know. Robins versus Lobo. Um, yeah. uh, Green Lanterns, I would vote over Zatanna, even though I really, really like Zatanna as a character. Yeah, it's a tough call, but I would do the same. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Kilowog is uh, fun, too, you know. Hey, uh, next book. Be sure to read uh, the next Batman Second Son in print. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And vote on these books if you agree with our choices. Only... <laughs> 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 If not, don't do it. Right. Next up, exactly. Project Patron, number one, Aftershock Comics, written by Steve Orlando with art by Patrick 
Piazza Lunga. 30 years ago, the world watched in horror as the patron, a hero sent as humanitarian aid from a different dimension, went punch for punch with woe, a primordial beast, and a perfect match for our mighty protector. In the end, hero and villain alike fell, but the patron returned and continues to defend us to this day. At least that's what we've been told. The truth is, the patron died that day along with Woe. The UN replaced the patron with a reploid, designed to mimic the real patron and continue on his mission of protection. <laughs> Today, the patron reploid is secretly piloted by an elite team, a team prepared for anything, except for the death of one of their own. Oh, we should have prepared for that. Ah! <laughs> I mean I, it's not a solicit. That's the entire first issue. I, yeah, I'm glad I didn't read that before I read the book. Yeah. What'd you think? Oh, me first? I, did, I didn't uh -huh. read it. You guys go ahead. I gotta go take care of this crying baby. Okay. Um, I, uh, it was interesting. Uh, I really loved the, um, I love the concept. I like the story. I think it's really cool. I think that this first issue had some pacing issues. Mm -hmm. Um, there were, there were a couple of points in the story were, which weren't clear because they were skipping story beats. Mm -hmm. So especially the climax where you see, um, they're introducing all of these, all of the, the, um, members of the Reploid or project patron of mm -hmm. the Reploid pilots. And that is the cool, that's the idea. That's really cool. You've got certain pilots that are good at certain skills. So they, like five people make up a Superman, right? Yeah. The one that's better for science missions, one that's better for brawler missions, one that's mm -hmm. better for space missions. Like, so like everyone's got their specialty, which I thought was a really, really cool thing. And then they're introducing this new pilot who's better with like, he's a trained psychologist. So he's better with the uh, PR and human missions right mm -hmm. like he knows how to quell a, a crowd kind of thing yeah um but it's all held together by this main uh guy that's been there forever oh also too they they don't really harp on it but there's this really really great um there's this really great um drama inherent with it where every day that you pilot project patron oh, right. you lose a year of your life you actually yeah. artificially start to age because it takes so much energy out of you yeah um so there's a sacrifice that all these people are making and it's, it's some, it's, it's just kind of shoehorned in. Um, mm. It's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ingredients in this cake. Um, and then when it comes to the climax where we kind of find out that this moral center of mm -hmm. the group is, gets assassinated, mm -hmm. how it happens. I had to read like three times because they skip story beats so you've got the voiceover of the new guy who is getting prepared for his first time in the suit which is mm -hmm. the next day but then they show you the next day and patron doing stuff and they don't make it clear that it's actually the the old guy that's in the suit and uh, but it happens in dialogue and then you see that he crashes and then is dead so for most of that scene you think that it's the new guy that's in the suit even though the voiceover is not matching there's a lot of like um, structural issues with the way that they brought all that together. And it okay. made me read it twice. I, I don't think it was staged very well, but all the stuff that I liked about the issue was strong enough to be like, Oh, this is a really fascinating read. I, I like they, they, they imagined if Superman stayed dead. Right. During after, Doomsday. after doomsday. Yeah. Yeah. And humans just kind of recreated. Yeah. That was Superman. 
that was my like initial. I mean, obviously, it was like, yeah. oh, it's Superman Doomsday if he's hidden. Which I, it's the kind of thing that I'm normally into. You know, like I can get down with a pastiche or a, something mm-hmm. we could never do with Superman, but we want to tell that story kind of thing. This one, I was like, all right, interesting. You know, it was it was, all right. it was decent. Um, it didn't like I probably wouldn't read issue two, but if somebody told me about what happened, I'd be interested to hear how it played out, kind of thing. Um, I also wonder, you get the sense that this guy who who was uh, killed, like the heart of it, it has been there from the beginning, right? But yeah. that might, because it's been going for 30 years. Yeah, he was and 20 years old. So he's 50 now. How many missions has he gone on? A it, lot. They, taking a year off his life every time. They make, you know? they make, mention, they make mention, and maybe it's not explicitly one mission per year. It's just right. it, it takes time from you or it ages yeah. you artificially. Yeah. So they make mention that he's 50, but he looks late 60s. Yeah. Which you, would do, which you would think, right? If it's like one, yeah. one year per mission, that's like, yeah, like I went on 15 missions in the last 30 years. Yeah, he looks. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like a, a really in shape 70 year old. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's like an actor? Um, I don't know. Uh, Harrison Fordish, maybe just with yeah. bulkier. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. But um, it, it, yeah. it's, I, I too. You know what? Like in hindsight, now this kind of feels like. Um, do you remember when Image Comics would do their pilot season? Uh, they got yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. You got one issue to do does, the whole pitch. It does feel and just like squeeze that. it all in yeah. there. Like things that maybe should have been revealed in issue two or three are just kind of jammed into the front of this to hook as many people as possible. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost a detriment to the greater story. I I, I picked this because it sounded cool and the creative team was pretty was pretty dope. I'm I'm still on the fence about Steve Orlando. Did he do but, that at Commanders in Crisis that we read? Yeah. Another like, what if I could do it, it's Superman basically? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think there's a lot of really good here. I just don't know if it's it's all put together. Yeah. Um, that was kind of similarly. Me. This is better done than that. I don't think any of us really like that too much. But that was kind of similarly. Like, I am going to give you a bunch of information about yeah this thing. Um, you know what I found myself? I was like, wait, why? How do they know which mission? will be required why don't they all have a thing that they can you know like whenever he goes out they can switch back and forth and then i thought to myself well maybe they just can't do that right like why yeah yeah <laughs> imagine oh so uh, building a uh, thing right? they kind of touch on that a little bit too where it's it's the old guy in the suit uh cone i think it's like sergeant yeah, cone yeah. or commander cone or something he's yeah. in the suit um and later on he's talking with like the science lady mm-hmm. and she's like He's like, I look, I at least remembered to scan blah, blah, blah for you. Mm. So you'll have something to play with. I, mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a, a blah, blah mission. So, yeah, yeah. you know, like they, they do their best to kind of cover for each other. Um, and I like the idea of you take away this man and the dynamic will change. You know, like they, oh, yeah. they, they only touch on, they only touch on a little bit, but the idea that like, you know, you give a normal human superpowers and right. you expect them to stay the same. The only, like it's, it's probably not going to happen and this the only thing that's a real shady look right when they're yeah <laughs> like in the showers yeah. <laughs> so i assume I, that it, he is not responsible just because he was so suspicious looking there i don't know like there's yeah. 
I think there's a lot of good here. I just this this issue just kept me at arm's length because of there's there yeah. was some story confusion and just a little bit too much. Yeah, you know, like it's the it's pacing, just pacing. Yeah. It, for me, it was just a little bit like, oh, I don't know. This particular pastiche or homage didn't. Maybe it's too similar to the you know the alliterative name and the, but that hasn't bothered me in other stories. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, so, yeah. I, maybe it's the same issues. You just kind of articulate them differently. Like when yeah. when we're not, uh, which um which is similar to the problem I had with magic. Mm. Um, the gathering number one, when you're not ingrained in all of the information mm. you, or, or it's, it's not, it's not triggering for you. Mm-hmm. You notice all the other seams. Yeah. Right. Like when yeah, there's yeah. no, when you're like, not into it, I mean, you time, see all the other problems. Yeah. Like I'll be into things and I'll see the seams and I'm like, eh, yeah, I don't give a shit cause I'm into it. <laughs> you know, like, I don't care. Um, there's like something deeper to a story than those things that don't fit together. And if it's not on, then you notice. And if it is on, you notice, you don't care. Yeah. It's just, it's, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we notice, um, but it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's subjective. Yeah. 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 I'm reminded of a scene in the dark night, right. Uh, rises. I think it was the third one um, where uh, he's like, there it, where he gets all his money stolen just sort of improbable also that he could go to the stock market and rob all of Bruce Wayne's money. Like he doesn't have holdings in other, but anyway, well, I mean, there he, the takes, stock, he takes all of the monies, right? Yeah. He, but, he crashes all of it. I guess, but doesn't Bruce Wayne like own like factories and shit that produce things and, you know, yeah, whatever, but more, even more egregious. Um, but you just don't notice is that that happens during the day. And then, apparently like they go under an overpass and he comes out as Batman and it's night. But the story is such that you're like, yeah, makes sense. Checks out. He's Batman now. <laughs> like uh, just because it's flowing, you know, you're not, you don't know. Uh, yeah. In reality though, he was waiting uh, in the underpass <laughs> for like, three oh, or four hours. Oh, so, baby's you know, getting like, away. <laughs> it's really a pain in the ass. And then for the rest of the movie, Batman is just in the daytime and he looks ridiculous. That movie's yeah. flawed. <laughs> yeah. <it is. laughs> cool. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this was fine. Yeah, it was. Fine. I would. It was I fine. would not like. Uh, I, if, like you said, I, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rush out for issue two. But if I found out later on down the line that like, so really good, you know, fresh start. Right, yeah, yeah, really cool. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, maybe this is just first issue. Yeah. Jamelman's Jamelman kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe that's his deal, right? Like, well, I didn't read issue two of Commanders in Crisis. Maybe he just tries to throw it all at you at once. And I can't think I, of. I know Steve Orlando's been around for a long time, but I can't think of anything in particular. But if he's working on superhero stuff, what's that? Did we? Did we? Did we just read something like last week or the week before? And I was just like, yeah. Uh, well, yeah so oh, I could see, oh, the it? um, the the man thing. He wrote that. Did he write that? Like, this is fun as hell. Thing. Right, he doesn't need to throw everything at you because he's working within the Marvel universe. He's already they're already established. Maybe that matters as far as his approach to telling a story. But I, you know, it could be interesting. Um, they set something up like, what if somebody is in the Reploid who isn't, you know, who's yeah. very much not suited to that? Or like, oh crap, yeah. we've got the strong guy in, and we need, or we need this whatever. You know, they set up two great conflicts. One mm-hmm. being. Um, that's ever since 
all that stuff happened with Patron 30 years ago, mm-hmm. two of his biggest villains have been also off the map. So the two? Mammon guy, yeah, Mammon and Woe. So Michael Mammon was like oh, the yeah. Lex Luthor, well, and then Woe well. is like the Doomsday. So either one of them can and probably absolutely will come back when <laughs> the world is unprepared for it. Sure. Um, and then also, yes, the what if the wrong person is in the suit for the wrong mission, and it just all goes yeah, to yeah. shit, right? Um, so yeah, and, and also too, there's, there's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, the the double use of, at one point he's uh, the reploid says like, oh he's uh, of of Mammon, like oh his greed worshiping, like like that that thing won't hold his greed worshiping ass or whatever you know. And then yeah, later, yeah, which I do think is cool though the Mammon stuff, like the kind of silver agey stuff that they're hinting out with selling the hopes of children in this abstract realm. Um, that was cool, but uh, well, not a cool thing to do, but it's an interesting idea. And in the the uh, preview for the next one, they mention greed worshiping again, which makes it feel like he didn't just happen to say that about Mammon. That is like Mammon's epithet. And hey, it's a little, hey, JD is here. Uh, but he's muted, but he's here. Um, oh, I love his, his facial stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's yeah, an audio it's podcast, like his epithet, and it's maybe not. It's a little yeah. Too, yeah, I don't know. He's got a Wonder Woman mug. I have a Spock uh, Star Trek mug. Very cool. I have a travel mug because because you're I'm stupid working today. It's very futuristic if you're from the early 1900s. No, um, uh, <laughs> all in all, lots of great ideas. Just. Yeah two jammed or stitched together in this book. Uh, this is the same guy who did a book that we absolutely hated, right? Commanders in Crisis. Commanders in Crisis. Yeah. You're thinking about, yeah. We, however, we, yeah. however, Kill a Man, great. And um, Kill a Man, solid. And uh, <laughs> um, I really loved uh, um, Man Thing. So deal with it. Uh, maybe I won't. And I'll just have to deal with my not being able to deal with it in therapy. Yeah, I guess that's cool. to your detriment if you if it really bothers you. <laughs> no lights Green, Green Lantern number one. Yeah. Uh, well, excuse you. Zach Hilton, friend of the show, Zach Hilton has commented. Mm. And he says, found out this week that Hickman is not writing the main X-Men book anymore. I wonder, what are your thoughts in the suggestion that he is taking on more of an editorial role in Marvel's X offices. Uh, Noel, uh, you there in the front, you go ahead if you have something to say. Please go ahead. Uh, yes, Zach Hilton, friend of the show. Um, I <laughs> think that that is alarmist. So, oh. first point, um, he already is taking an editorial, he already has an editorial position on the X titles. He, all of the story points for all of the books kind of go through his master plan. And he, co- he like to the point where he has co-written some issues of like X-Force and Marauders and stuff. And he does all of the um, oversized issues with other co-plotters. Like he already has an editorial position in, in the X books. So that's, mm-hmm. let's not even worry about that. Two, I actually think it's a feint. So in the X-Men books, especially like X-Men proper, there has not been a team of X-Men at all. It's been a book about politics and and the machinations of this new world order. They are now in the process of voting a team in, like putting together a response team. On Twitter? I th- 
No. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, they did. They Well, for one member. Like, there was a voting thing oh, for one right. member. Oh, I was yeah, kidding! Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. They did do a vote for that. They, yeah. they voted for, like, the final member. Like, do you know who won that one? Did you hear about we that? Won't, we won't know until, like, issue 21 or something oh, like okay. in, in July. Okay. But, so, what I think is going to happen is when that team is assembled, the X-Men title by Jerry Duggan, which was announced, is going to become the team book. Just mm-hmm. the action team book like X-Men historically is. And he will continue this Krakoa story into another uh, as yet untitled book. So it's not, he's coming off of X-Men. It's more, the story is going to move in a different direction and he's still at the helm of it. That's all. I'm cool. That's that. all I think. Yeah. I think it's more of a feint and like maybe alarmistness, but he's not leaving anything and it's not hands off. If anything, he's a control freak and it'll be okay. That's my two cents. Agreed. Sounds good. I'm trying to get comfortable. I keep standing and sitting because I'm sitting on a um, a stool. Yes, and uh, my stool Zach. is very uncomfortable on my rumpy dumps. Uh, uh, Zach followed up with, "To be honest, it feels like ba- a bait and switch." Yes, I do think you're. It's a bait and switch. Yeah, um, pretty sure. Oh, we both clicked the same thing. Pretty sure Polaris won the vote. I'm afraid the untitled book will be bi-monthly. Yeah, let's not do any bi-monthly. Are any of the books bi-monthly right now for X Men? Thank God. There well, I mean, it's a lot for any. There's time. been, there's oh. been, um, there's been, uh, no, they're not bi-monthly. Actually, early on, uh, so during House of X Powers of 10, Hickman went to Twitter and was just like, hey, what are your guys' opinions? Not a poll, but just in general, like, should I do two X-Men books a month or should I do an X-Men book and my creator-owned at the same time. And then like, 90, 90% of the responses were hashtag restore the Snyderverse. <laughs> and it was, re- <laughs> oh, this is, this was before the Snyder cut was, uh, was allowed. doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they just knew. Yeah. No, but, um, but I think that he ended up going the other way. Cause now we have decorum and then like, and, and uh, of all the books, X-Men is usually the latest because he keeps yeah. having like different artists and then all of the weird fill-ins where, you know, there's only one X-Men book a month. However, for like six months straight, he had all those giant sizes that were also coming out in the same month. So I, I, cool. I mean, yeah, decorum's fantastic. Yeah. It's just getting better and better. Is yeah. it? I fell off yeah. because, uh, to be fair, I felt like I wasn't smart enough. Uh, it's two separate books that now in the seventh issue have converged on each other. You know how yeah. you and I have had this conversation, Noah, where people tell us, hey, just watch two seasons of this show and then Oh, no, that's not the same thing. No, no, he was just saying that happened in issue seven. It's, not yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It happened in issue seven, not that both are shit or like one's shit yeah, yeah. and you deal with oh, the other I don't, one. No, I never think any yeah. Hickman yeah. is shit. Hmm. Um, but it's certainly like, I, I wondered if it would be a, I need to read this in a trade because oh. following Maybe. the thread month to month of these different very sort of disparate stories. Very disparate. Like, how could they come yeah. together at yeah. all? But, J.D., I think you maybe are not uh, giving yourself enough credit. And I think sometimes when you worry, you're like, well, I don't get what's going Not you personally, but anyway, like, well, I don't get what's going on. Well, maybe it's not there to get yet. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, the uh, the comfortability of unknowing is, yeah. uh, um, you know, like, yeah. don't worry that you're not getting it. There was the, a weird the basic- yeah. The basics of decorum are that it's a book about um, intergalactic assassins. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that he spent a lot of time setting up their final mission. Hmm. That's it. That, the only part of, of oh. that I was enjoying 
on a level that was story driven mm-hmm. was the assassin storyline. Well, that becomes well, that, that becomes pr- that also becomes prime like oh, yeah. issue three on. There's like you only get snippets of the weird box looking alien. Ooh, that other two was cool thing. though. It was it cool is, looking. I'll tell you what. It's really cool looking. Yeah. But you only get snippets of that like from issue three on. Okay. So like they they front load and then gotcha. you yeah. get more of like it's 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 interesting and it's really it's really fun. Um quick aside, Brian. Yes. Last week I noticed Brian has moved in a new place. I did. And he has Oh, yeah. When you moved, how mm-hmm. much time had passed between your move and our live stream last Sunday morning? Um, a, a decent amount. I had some other stuff going on in between the two. I think it had been a couple of weeks, but yes. I had not yet had everything like said. So you know, I, yeah. saw, I saw in your background, I was like, oh, there's his like his bookshelves. Yeah. How are they still bare? Oh, like last my, week? My, my DVDs and my, yeah. my bookshelves are the first thing that go up besides the television. Everything That's else, like toothpaste, mm-hmm. clothes, mm-hmm. everything else is in boxes. Mm-hmm. But I get, I get my, my I'm gonna other have, order. I'm going to have a conniption fit when I move because I need to buy new shelves and it's going to oh. take like a week or two to build and oh, put yeah, up. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to freak out the first couple of weeks not being able to unpack all of the books mm-hmm. and the shelves because I got to paint and I got to like, it's... It's going to be rough, and I'm glad I'm not streaming from the new room for a couple of weeks. Right. If we it like, yeah, because I, I wouldn't be able to moving. handle it emotionally. Oh yeah, I'm also moving, moving as and well. I refuse to move any of my books. Uh-huh. I, like everything else, I'm packing up, but everything else I keep out. I'm like, what if I want to read it? Yeah, uh, I'm actually. I, yeah, no, I'm. I'm ha- like half of my books are in boxes, and it's a little yeah. upsetting because, like, the other night I want to be like, oh, I want to start. Yeah. <laughs> As in a, I don't know which box. That, I don't know what box that's in. Yeah. You know, you no, know what the I'm, solution I'm, is. You know what the yeah. solution is. Once you have packed up all your omnibuses that you want to read, just buy another new omnibus to read. Exactly. Get from your one. local JD's Hero Complex at forty three twenty seven Main Street. I mean, it's oh. it's a solution. It's not Green sustainable, Lantern, but it's a solution. Green Lantern number one from DC Comics, written by Jeffrey Thorne, a writer that I do not know, uh, with art by Dexter Soy. Uh, I feel like there was a second artist on this book. Really? I think there was uh, Dexter so. Soy and then someone else who I liked much better than Dexter Soy. Go for it. Uh, I'll look it up. Who did the as cover? This, as this new Green Lantern series begins, the newly formed United Planets and the Guardians of the Universe hold an intergalactic summit to decide who can best serve and protect the cosmos from danger. With the majority of Green Lanterns called back to Oa, John Stewart arrives alongside Teen Lantern Kelly Quintella, whose powerful gauntlet could be one of the most powerful and unstable weapons in the universe. With the entire landscape of the universe in flux, is this the end of the Green Lantern Corps or a new beginning? Oh, it's that one. It's definitely I a new beginning. Oh, so you know what? Yeah. Go. Brian Ooh, I loved it. This was, I got done this book, and this was like the best Green Lantern book I've read in a long time. I mean, we're coming off of the Grant Morrison stuff, which which I didn't get into. But even before that, um, I really enjoyed the art. Um, I like Jon Stewart in this a great deal. They told a really cool story with a cool resolution, but also mentioned things from Green Lantern lore that have not come up in a long time. The thing that springs to mind is... John Stewart was a guardian for a little while in a series that I really enjoyed um, when I was much younger called Mosaic. 
And when Kyle Rayner, uh, you know, happened and, and became the only Green Lantern, um, that that stuff was was left by the wayside, and they never really brought it up again. And I was in the beginning of this book, I was like, man, I miss when John Stewart wasn't a soldier; like he was an architect, and yeah. that seems to be his whole thing now. Is he was a soldier, and they don't bring that up once in this comic, and that was great. I like his dress uniforms. Um, yeah, based on Kryptonian. Yeah, Garb. and it's a cool. And I saw when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, it's kind of Kryptonian," and there's a reason for that. Um, very cool. You've got the Guardians back being Guardiany. Um, I also really like in the story the thing that that um, is uh, annoying you guys about DC Comics is brought up here, where um, the threads are loose still, and it unsettles them, and like threads of reality are not aligning and as a concept in story beyond not minding i really enjoy that like i like that kind of thing where it's like uh there's something in sandman where there's a mountain that when it's there it's always been there but when it's not there it was never there and i just just like that kind of concept uh it delights me um yeah just it tickles you it tickles me in a in a fancy place um and the art is oh these aliens are great my one issue um, with the art is you've got one example of it here on the page. The artist tends to draw people sometimes a little younger that like the guardians look like they're in their maybe fifties rather than the like eighties or nineties that they're and John Stewart just in this one panel looks like young 20 year old John Wait, Stewart. Aren't these new guardians though? These are newer, younger guardians. Like they are were they? killed off. Oh, but in the Grant we'll run Morrison one, they, Oh, but let's, it's good to see them back in the yeah. Let's get let's not pay attention to that. Oh, and they're back in their red and white and and great, which I like their outfits. Um, uh, the Kalu thing. Oh yeah. Oh, start to finish. I just I thoroughly loved it. Yeah, you know what? I actually really enjoyed it as well. Cool. Uh, I haven't really given a crap about Green Lantern since Jeff Johns left. I sort mm-hmm. of found that to be a really good bow on the characters, and I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't. I, I dipped in here and there ever since John's left, and I just could not care. Other than, um, I think Simon Baz is a cool character, and I think that Jessica Cruz is a cool oh, character. Sam like Humphrey's run. Wait, Sam Humphrey's run was really good. The well, well, Simon well, Baz and Jessica Cruz two partner <laughs> or partnership, like right at the beginning of Rebirth. Was that Sam Humphrey's? Lanterns? Yeah, I believe it was. That was very good. Well, you like um, Far Sector, right, JD? Oh, but Far Sector, yeah, I don't count yeah. Far Sector as a... It's, it's very it's, different. Very, it's very different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, although I should, it, I mean, it is a Green Lantern book. But right. um, yeah, I thought this was a return, a much, you know what, as much as I was ragging on DC just now uh, mm-hmm. about their continuity and how everything feels very slapdash, mm-hmm. Nightwing is back to being a great Nightwing, and it's only one issue, but I'm like, oh... This is good dick. I love good dick. <laughs> yeah, um, you love- I also love good Wally. Wally's back and the Flash is back where I want it right now. Mm-hmm. And this Green Lantern feels like classic Green Lantern that I'm enjoying. And we're not, here's the thing. We're not dealing with the emotional spectrum. Right, right. Oh my God. They're uh, there, but they're not, a, they're just in the background. Yeah. 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 Uh, when yeah. Jeff Johns created them, I thought that was greatest retcon <laughs> in comic book history almost uh-huh. uh, I was just like, it felt like it should have. It should have always been this way. How has it not always been this way? Mm-hmm. And then they just beat that fucking horse into the ground. I was, I was done. Um, 
So that was part of my problem after Jeff Johns left is like they just kept flogging that horse. Every story. Every Every story story. was them running into some other Lantern Corps or something. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I I thought this was great. And it ties into what Brian Michael Bendis set up in Superman with the uh, United Planets and how that Mm -hmm. eventually leads us to the Legion. That all feels very cohesive. I like this little Bendis section, even though this isn't a Bendis book, but I like that we're sort of building towards that future, even if Mm. future state is sort of in flux. Um, And uh, I like Dexter Soy enough, well enough, Mm. but this other artist, Marco Santucci, I love, like, yes, the art art is a little younger. The characters (laughs) are drawn a little, you know, slightly younger, but even just this... um, layout that we have here where we have the worm's eye view of this character and all of the screens around her and you, it, it's everything looks great in there it's very much like uh, a mix between alan davis and brian hitch who himself is an alan davis uh, acolyte <laughs> you know um the so panel yeah. layout on that one that you were mentioning was very cool too where you've got he does it here also you've got like one large panel and then a smaller one inset and on the opposing mm-hmm. page it's like some bleed out um yeah oh this costume design is great too yeah uh, on this guy um yeah i, I thought this was awesome but oh, no the, oh the the, I, the thing you want how they solve the problem that you were just on when they they say the yeah. the oath and it's solved in an uncarry unusual way oh sorry no mm-hmm. go ahead. uh no no i i'm glad you guys really liked it i still am not drawn to mm. a green lantern run since jeff johns this was fine mm. um this very much reminded me of robert venditti stuff which i didn't like at all what um, was that what, what story arcs essentially all of it after johns like oh, okay. uh when when hal jordan was an outlaw and he had the gauntlet and then yeah. all of the red lantern stuff uh so like all of the good green lantern stuff was happening nowhere near the green lantern book it was the the side sinestro stuff and the side mm-hmm. red lantern stuff and because it was just boring as hell mm. but um I also don't think it's incredibly fair to compare this to like the return when you compare it to Jeff or to Grant Morrison's run, because that was like, that was just so weird and off the ball. Like, yes, this is an upgrade. I got it. That's like (laughs) saying like the, the Snyder cut is a a superior film. You're, you're starting at a really slow point. (laughs) Yeah, it's better. It's a shame because Grant Morrison, when he's on, he is on. But I hated that Grant Green Lantern run. I was so excited for him to be back. You know, I had I had visions in my eyes of like all star Superman, but for Green Lantern. And yeah, yeah, that was not what happened. Me too. And even issue one kind of looked like here we go. Yeah, like it's going. And there was a a handful of issues in that first season that were fascinating. So, like, you know, when he had to arrest God. Um, when like it was it was old school kind of 70s almost vertigo-esque things <laughs> with a superhero with a but 90s he couldn't artist. land anything he couldn't yeah. land anything and i just yeah. I, I yeah i maybe someday i'll go back and try it again but man i read those first 12 I'm issues not, and it's I'm still even, just I didn't like it. i'm fine and i'm not i'm not going to yeah either was a I, terrible uh choice for that book this was just a lot of fine for me. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. It's this cool. Comic, I like the character. Yeah, this yeah. comic. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like any of the stuff with Teen Lantern. And because I, I kind of, I really dig that character. Like, I dig what, what Bendis kind of introduced. But, um, I don't know, it just seemed out of place here. And then this guy shows up, who I think I'm supposed to know, but I don't. No, I don't, I don't think so. The, okay. Yeah. Oh, that was one of my problems. 
that was one of my problems. Actually, I like all the character designs on this. Ooh, all the, the designs all the are costuming great. is great. dope as hell. Um, but that's another thing where I was like, oh, all right. Well, before the Green Lanterns, we had the Manhunters. And before the Manhunters, we had this. And then before that, we had this other thing. The, mm. the, I, uh, we don't need to keep revealing different thing, yeah. precursors to the yeah. Green Lantern okay. Corps from the Guardians. It's, there is so much mythology. Just tell me a story. Like, this is my biggest well, problem this week. Yeah. No, there's so much mythology. Like, just... Um, with magic, again, I brought it up again because there's this thing where you need to just jam so much mythology down my throat to the point where the characters suffer. Just tell me a story with these characters and the mythology reveals itself. It's the difference between reading the Silmarillion or Lord of the Rings. You're following <laughs> characters of Lord of the Rings and yeah. mythology is introduced to you at points in the story. The other one's just an appendix of, of history. Yeah. And a lot of these books are just jamming history down our throat without connecting us with the characters first. Well, but I I don't think this um, story no. is not set upon like who the Manhunters were or whatever. And my feeling is we will not see this again. This was just to tell this story. And that's my oh, feeling. I think, I think this is a genuine story point for the rest of the run. You think this particular, uh, the Emmanuel Trier or whatever this name of this thing yeah, is? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like you don't introduce don't uh, something like this in one scene and just like nailed it. Well, I don't think for one issue. No, I, I don't think that like the things introduced here will not come up. I think it's more about like this magic stuff, but not necessarily this particular. I think I, mean, woman, I got the impression that this, this is the big woman, bad. This blue woman is going yeah. to return. I don't exactly. think this, yeah, yeah. this thing that they defeated by chilling. I don't yeah. think that's going to come back. Well, I, I think yeah. that the, the, the dude in the Iron Man parka and the blue woman are important to the rest of this yes. run. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And that's yeah. the introduction of like the new mythology, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I absolutely yeah. think they're the big bad or the, the, the big conflict of whatever this run's going to be. I just, uh, this is something that I would probably choose to read and trade. It's just, well, it's fair. a lot. And fair enough. It's fair. fine. I, Green Lantern, I love in general, but I just haven't been drawn to a title other than Far Sector mm. for years now. Same. Um, who was it that uh, that drew the cover of this? Uh, was it Alex Sinclair? Neither of them. Neither of them. I oh, thought okay. Alex Sinclair was a uh, was an anchor. Hang on. I had I had it pulled up. It said cover artist Alex Sinclair. cover artists Alex Sinclair and Bernard Chang. Is that Bernard Chang instead? That might be Bernard Chang. Because I really like this cover is not descriptive of what happens in the issue, but I just think it's very well drawn. Oh. Uh, it yeah. drives me nuts. Um, yeah. I'm trying to get to it, but uh, Team Lantern's head looks as huge as a Guardian's head. Yeah, she does. Have and, a her big head is yeah. She just doesn't fit in this story, or maybe she does. The gauntlet stuff and the 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 wanting to, to find it. It's just yeah. it seemed like it seemed like the whimsical subplot of a different book. Hmm. Oh, I disagree. The way that it was like jammed in here. Oh, yeah, no, I, I felt I, like I, she. I thought I thought the stuff that was going on with her was. Engaging. I, I was like, oh, it's I want Bern more of this Team Lantern. It is Bernard Ching. Oh, well, cool. I, I, it is engaging. I just didn't feel like it gelled with this book. Well, like, I think that they're wondering what the deal with that gauntlet is, and I think the, rev yeah. the revelation of what that is. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I did like the revelation that, yeah. Yeah, that like it's, it's, it's a replica. It's from a different reality or something, or they don't know what it's from. Yeah. Yeah, this just, to me, it feels like the Venditti rebirth stuff, mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, it's fine. It's not for yeah, me. Fair enough. Danny, we'll you know I liked Green Lantern's run, Baz and Cruz. Morrison run was not for me. Yeah, not Agreed. for real. I only know one person who really likes that run. He loves Grant Morrison. 
<laughs> so well, Chris? I like the way the G and the N in the Green Lantern uh, in the in the title. Uh, that's a cool. That's a cool oh. um, design for the for the title of the book. Hmm. Yeah, nice. I, uh, look, I we're not talking about it today, and I don't know if you guys are behind, but Far Sector is a far superior book. It's so incredibly oh, good. Like, I, but issue eleven is just was was just chef's kiss absolutely perfect from first page nice. to last oh. and i'm going to be upset when it goes like I'm kind of, I'm the book you. is perfect yeah. um all right uh brian yeah that's his promo block q brian oh hey jd um do you remember that patreon.com that we were talking about earlier in the show does that is that still around is that something yeah. people can donate money with screw seams cool show them yeah uh he's <laughs> behind the sausage um, yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo and help out the show. In addition to that, you can like and subscribe. That would help us out. You can follow us on Facebook. We stream there as well. If you go to facebook.com slash podcasts, or you can uh, visit jdsherocomplex.shop. Uh, you can go to johnnydestructo.com, uh, where I, it's my, it basically takes you to my Etsy store, and you can get mm-hmm. my... Uh, original artwork on t-shirts and prints and what have you Ooh. and promo block there we did it magic yeah. the gathering number one from boom studios jed mckay and a ig guerra or egg guerra mm-hmm. um listen this is a long thing i'm just going to throw it to noel because it's uh, about magic the gathering the card series there you go <laughs> so i actually i do i do want to read the the solicit because it's part of my problem um so it's like five bullet points Across the vast multiverse, these gift, those gifted with the spark can tap into the raw power of magic and travel across realms. They are the Planeswalkers. When coordinated assassination attempts on guildmasters Rawl Zarek, Vraska, and Kaya Rock, the city to, of Ravnica, <laughs> Ravnica and leave Jace Belren's life hanging in the balance, a fuse is lit that threatens not just these three guilds, but the entire planet of Ravnica. Now... These three must covertly infiltrate a wild plane of Zendikar and form a tenuous alliance to uncover why the targets of the assassins have all been planeswalkers, dot, 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 which will lead them straight to one of the most enigmatic characters in magic history. Hmm. I don't know what the fuck any of that means, and I read this. (laughs) Um, And that's my problem. Like, this is wildly impenetrable. Jed McKay is an excellent writer. Iguara's art is awesome. But there is so many info dumps in this book. I would like to know, like somebody that plays Magic the Gathering, did this make sense to you? Is this just constant hits of member berries and you immediately know what's going on? Because for anyone uninitiated, this is wildly impenetrable. And and I I was by the time something had like like page 20 is when you kind of get a handle of your main characters and you're like, oh, okay, so now we're in it. And then it immediately goes back to the giant info dumps of them, like no scene transition inside of a weird thought world where they're meeting up and deciding what to do. And then it just ends with a cliffhanger that I don't even understand. So like, who's this for? Is this for anybody that's a new reader or is it only for those so steeply ingrained in Magic the Gathering that none of the rest of you don't matter? So that's the that's the comparison I brought up before about Tolkien's work. You read Lord of the Rings or Fellowship of the Ring, you're introduced to these characters and then mythology is revealed to you. Or you read the appendices and you just learn about all the histories and it's incredibly dry. 
they're trying to jam the two things together and it's just it was pretty incredibly unsuccessful. It, it was, but you you cared about a hobbit by the time Oh, the Hobbit is awesome. The Well the, the, no, no, stop, yeah, stop, stop. Yeah, I mean yeah. in general about yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that it's got main characters and you follow the main characters sure, and then sure, sure, the information sure. is revealed through their yeah. prism. Right? Yeah, yeah. This is not that. Yeah. This is just throwing character names and guild names and titles at you and histories of worlds and how they function in like four text boxes. <laughs> and it was just, I, I really didn't enjoy reading this at all. Now I have okay. a, I have a counterpoint or just a, a it's a structural uh, issue. Yeah. And it, well, that, I mean, it just addresses that. Um, and I was thinking, you know, some of the complaints with uh, the Snyder cut, which I was not on to discuss with you guys, but I was thinking, does is it inherently bad if something does not introduce things um, that an uninitiated person would want introduced, right? Like, if uh, people are getting enjoyment out of, for instance, this Magic the Gathering, right? Like, there's a lot of people that probably already know all this stuff, and here's a comic that they can read and enjoy, right? So that's not going to be something that somebody who isn't super into Magic would get into but maybe the trade-off is if you are super into magic yeah i don't feel like having all this explained to me you know what i mean um is it inherently bad to not create a story that stands on its own is it inherently bad to only cater to your bubble right and i would say no not necessarily um, i would say probably i would yeah. say more so than not actually well wait so are like, we talking artistically or money-making wise artistically and okay. money-making wise, why wouldn't you want to expand your audience? Well, maybe it's not your primary goal or whatever. I just wanted to know which avenue you were, you were. Um, I think, I think that there's probably a way to slice both pies and this didn't do it for me. Hmm. Like I, I really do think does. that there's a, huh? The best stuff does, right? Like if you can do both yeah. of those things, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if, if they had spent time, like even if this issue was re-edited to have a lot of the action and character play before the info dumps are interspersed with the info dumps, instead of mm -hmm. just having it bookended by giant info dumps, mm -hmm. that would go a long way into like leading me into learning new information as opposed to just hitting me with so much of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I do think that there's a way to slice both pies. I don't know if it's one way or the other, but when you choose one tact over the other, you're just, you're just feeding the same beast constantly, right? So again, with the, like the Snyderverse or the Snyder Cut or something, like one of the problems we had was like you introduce all of these fourth world things, mm -hmm. and you give absolutely no differentiation or understanding of it mm -hmm. at all. It's just look at this big bad gray thing who has a big bad gray thing who sent a big bad gray thing to fight things just like he fought things. I'm like, why does that mean anything? But if you knew everything, you're just like, ooh, it's like, dark oh, side it. and the mother yeah, boxes and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but he didn't really even do that well. But do you know what I mean? Like, for the few of us, it's cool. Sure. But f for the all of us, it's it's at best uh, at arm's length or gatekeepy. Eh. No. Well, I don't think they're intentionally. Like, no, not intentionally. Not it's not like it's not like the it's not like the magic people are just like fuck you losers. Right, you play or you like don't. As many but, readers as possible. But if if your first introduction to mm -hmm. hopefully your first introduction into adopting gameplay, sure. right. Potentially mm -hmm. through an Avenue, like, like a comic book. Yeah. Um, if it's, if it's at all impenetrable or, or, or distanced from you, then it's like, mm -hmm. I don't know if I want, like, this seems like a lot of rules. I don't know if I want to play it. Right, right. You're probably not going to get into magic through this comic. 
Um, but, yeah. like, but I found myself wondering, like, now we're on a review show, we're reviewing and giving our opinions about what other people might think. But when I am just personally, like, did I like this thing or not? The impulse is to wonder how good is it? How much would other people like it? Does that need to matter to my enjoyment of it? You know, like, would this be good for somebody else? Oh, maybe not. But I already know these characters or whatever the thing is, you know? I mean, uh, that's, I, the, yeah. But yeah. to that end, then why are, why are we sharing our opinions too? Like it, it always, this is incredibly objective. Sure. No, subjective. subjective. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. my feelings towards this book were um, strong at a structural level of mm-hmm. who's this for? Because it seems like it's nowhere near for me, even though there's a lot of things in here that I should be attracted to. So if it's if those people that it's for love mm-hmm. this with all their hearts and it's yeah, just like yeah. a solid A plus, great yeah. for them. But that's the, that's the audience you already had. So well, why are you moving it? Well, <laughs> why are you moving into a potentially another medium if that's the audience you already had? So I question the mm. intention mm. as well as how the reception. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not, and, and also too, the art is gorgeous. Oh, cool. Uh, Jed McKay is fantastic as a writer. Like uh, Black Hat is cool. Uh, he's taking over Moon Knight, which I'm really excited for. Everything is great. It's just the way that this book was structured. It was just like it made me question like. It was a slog to get through. And is that my experience? Because I don't play magic for the last like 20 years of my life. Right, right. So anybody out there that plays magic and read this, tell me otherwise. Like, Hmm. is this for you? Because I didn't feel like it was for me. Hmm. Well, that that, I mean, to go along with that, if if it's for them, then they don't need the info dumps. Kind of. I think so. Yeah. Although maybe people that like magic are maybe super into that kind of thing. Like, here are the little stats and all that kind of thing. But because it's a role-playing game, maybe there are thousands of different, like, permutations of this, and they have Mm. to have that info dump to tell you Mm. exactly which version it is. True. Which, again, is like, you could reveal that in the story. Mm. It doesn't have to be so Mm. much homework. It's a comic. I don't think everything needs to be for everybody. Sure. You know, if there's, if there's something really. I don't like, then I just go, oh, that wasn't for me. You know how I know it wasn't for me? Because I didn't like it. Right. You know, And some of the greatest I, things really aren't. Like, um, it, how many of the greatest things were canceled earlier than you would have wanted? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robert I, Monroe Jr. says, I know very little about baseball. If there was a comic book about a kid's life from Little League to Pro Ball that catered to baseball fans, that wouldn't be a bad thing. Not at all. Cool. Yeah. No. Sure. I, I, but but there's two ways that you can tell that story. It could be about mm-hmm. the kid or it could be about the stats that they accrue over time. Mm. The one story is accessible to statisticians who love baseball. Mm-hmm. And the other story is accessible to both statisticians who love baseball and people that love stories. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's, it's, potentially galvanizing to choose one or the other when you could create a holistic experience with these, with this IP. And I just, I wonder about that choice. Hmm. That's if all. it was a choice, you know I mean? He if it was a choice. There, yeah. Like, this is going to rock. <laughs> Everyone yeah, maybe, will get into maybe it was, yeah. maybe it was first issue. Got to squeeze it all in stuff too. Yeah, like yeah. that's potential. That maybe the second issue is not even an issue, but it's just, it's just with something like, uh, I think it was like the first two issues of far sector that just like was so, weird to me because it was tons of like world building just Mm -hmm. world 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 but it you still had that central character this you've got four central characters 
um, all have their own guild and 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 style and explicit rules, and they hate each other, but you don't understand why they hate each other. Like, mm-hmm. it's just it's very weird. Like, Raven Ravinica is a world built of magic, but it's all magics together that build this world. And each one has planeswalkers who control their specific type of magic. Like it's, it, this needed a book to, ex- okay. to explain the comic. <laughs> okay. um, oh, and Robin Monroe Jr. He chimes in um, a little, you know, we were, had finished talking about Green Lantern, but he chimed in, what's with the sass black girl lantern? That image invokes so many stereotypes about black women it's true. It's, uh, but I wonder if that's just the fact that she is 11 years old and in order yeah. to be wielding such a gauntlet of power, maybe she has to be a bit sassy? I don't know. Like, you mean, I thought she was the precocious kid stereotype, but I am also yeah. not, I, I would not necessarily um, clock that. Uh, like, I didn't personally notice it, but I'm not, I'm not um, yeah. decrying it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I took it more as like a petulant kid. Yeah, that's that but, was what I was because she's again, also not a teen. She's exclusively yeah, eleven. She's eleven. Like yourself that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, from the perspective of straight white guys, I, we don't clock it immediately. Yeah, yeah. So, I have a girlfriend who clocks it every time. So as soon as as soon as I tease her about not liking something, she gets upset about the black woman, the angry black woman stereotype. She's like, "Why do I have to hate everything? Just because I'm black? I'm a black woman, and we hate everything, and we're just..." I was like, oh, oh. Mm. that's not what I meant. I'm sure you didn't. Um, that, it's definitely a real thing uh, that people are sensitive about uh, uh, for good reason. Huh. Yeah. So it's a oh, nice catch. I didn't, I didn't miss that, but yeah. nice, Rob. Um, one more book to go, I think, right? Uh, I think we're going to do a not- quick Matera number two. I can just, we don't have to really, but I was going to do like a, maybe not even a full thunder round. I'm going to talk less about it than about talking about it. Go. Um, it it was like a standard kind of book. It was, uh, you know, this like post-apocalyptic thing. They, they, there's something that you didn't know about the cause of it, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, imminent danger is present and, uh, they're barely, they're barely avoiding it, JD. Yeah. And I don't know how long they can keep this up. Uh, Um, I don't know how long I can keep this up. I like Scott Snyder. I do not like the artist, um, Tony S. Daniel, uh, but... Oh, is this Tony Daniel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you uh, don't, historically, don't like Tony Daniel's work. Oh, yeah. Right? Just like since you, the yeah, beginning, yeah. since the beginning of Man, I have not I remember. liked yeah. Tony S. Daniel. And that was when he was working in stone and clay yeah. uh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just, and he is a strange choice for a horror adventure. Uh, it just doesn't... Uh, it's not for me. Um, He's I, very superhero-y kind of, with yeah. 90s vibes, yes. which... I know it's not your thing, super, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I just, I read this issue and I was like, all right, well, yeah. that's, I don't know if I'm going to keep, I'm probably, I don't know. I'm not going to keep reading this. I don't care. I, I wouldn't have even probably picked this up if not for it being for the show. And, you know, and they've got a goal, you know, they've got like a, a thing that they're doing. It's, it's a fairly ordinary story of its type. It's <laughs> it's not incapably done. Like if you're into this kind of thing, you'd probably get into it. But you know, you know, you know what's stuck in my crawl? Uh, my is crawl is jam packed with the big PM. Yeah. That's what oh, yeah. they call the event, the big PM. Yeah. No, I think it's a Tylenol <laughs> is covering the sun. Yeah. 
It's a um, huge Tylenol PM. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Scott Snyder has a way of like naming things in a weird, like mm. year zero, hev, uh, super heavy. But yeah, Batmanium. Yeah. And yeah. Just, I mean, the big Didn't PM was, was at least not also. making up a word. Yeah. That's fine, but yeah, Batmanium is more. It's worse. Yeah, and then also like all of the he also created all the 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 death metal or the the metal Batman too. So it's like right. the dark or the the depth, uh, Devastator. Yeah, uh, like super super nineties shit. Yeah, Red Death. Or... Yeah, the drowning. The Red Death. Right. Um, well, the Red uh, Death. I, I... Death Machine. Yeah, yeah, and, and all the know, two choices. The for... hmm. Just sounds like. Everyone has already used all of the uh, phrasing <laughs> for for eternal night times, and it was just like, well, what's left? Uh, AM, PM, PM. I get, you know what? Big PM. Like he has to register it with the yeah. nighttime it's apocalypse the big PM, stories. Built. Parentheses yeah. TM. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I, I don't disagree. Yeah, it's silly as hell. Cool. Yeah. Are you going to keep reading this book, Noel? Um, I only read half of the second issue. No. I'm not. Yeah. But, um, I'll again if if like six months from now, it's part of the the conversation, and people are talking about how it just was great and turned for the worse. I might read the trade, but following it monthly is just nah. I, I I'll read. I, I prefer the other Scott Snyder uh, book, Undiscovered um, Country. Undiscovered Country. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. But but a lot too. of that's a lot of that's Charles Soul. So yeah. <sighs> the art is a big part of that book. Oh, well, my statement stands. It just doesn't apply here. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's um, irrelevant. <laughs> let's move on to the last book of the week, Geiger number one from Image Comics by Jeff Johns with art by Gary Frank. Who are the scavengers of a dying earth? Geiger is set in the years since a nuclear war ravaged the planet. Desperate outlaws battle for survival in a world of radioactive chaos. Out past the poisoned wasteland lives a man even the nightcrawlers and organ people fear. Some name him John Glo- Joe Glow. I'll call him the Meltdown Man. But his name, dot, dot, dot is Geiger. Geiger. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. <laughs> um, and, you know, I was, I, was, I was really excited. I was like, Jeff Jones and Gary Frank, that's a heck of a mm-hmm. team. I'm really excited about that, despite a lot of strange things being said online about Jeff Johns and how maybe he's not great. Uh, mm. I don't know enough about it to form an opinion yet, but I'm a little worried. And that, But Gary Frank, ooh, Gary Frank's drawing this book. I'm really excited. This is me running to get the book off the shelf. And I had a nice cover by, uh, Al, what's his name? Eric Larson. Mm. Uh, nice oh, it cover. had like five great covers. Yeah. Everything about um, this book was cool. Including two so, by Gary Frank, I noticed. I was real excited. And then I picked it up and I was like, oh, this is fine. Hmm. This is okay. Uh, this was not what I would expect from Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Um, mm. It's just fine. Uh, I, there's nothing really for me to grab onto here. I mean, it's all there. I'm just not grabbing onto it. It's not. It's not the book's fault. I don't know. Um, we've got a family man who has built a bunker in preparation for the nuclear holocaust. His family gets into the bunker, but his neighbors decide that while they're getting into the bunker, they're going to take over the bunker. And so neighbors are uh, drawn in a very particular way. Did you pick up on that? Yeah. The the gun couple. The gun couple. 
Uh-huh. I didn't even notice that until you just said particularly. Yeah, the guy's got a mustache, like, ah. but that's about it. And she's holding yeah. it in that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're basically gun-toting folk, and they're just like, we're going to take your your uh, bunker. And he's like, nah, dog. And he sends his family in there, and then he is stuck outside the bunker when the nuke goes off. Mm-hmm. And then we flash forward to the far, far future, and it's a nuclear wasteland. And there's nothing particularly interesting about this specific nuclear wasteland that we haven't seen before. And other than this guy is sort of like he's he's his character design is that of like a 1960s superhero or supervillain that we've seen before, like the radioactive man or or I forget what his name is. Um, Do you mean, um, well, he kind of looks like Blight from Batman Beyond a little bit, actually. Sure. But yeah, um, yeah. also the atomic skull. Atomic it, skull. His whole body was like that. That's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Um, and th- it's kind of sweet because we find out that this Geiger is. And I'll, oh, come on. His name, his last name is Geiger. Right. <laughs> it just anyway. happened to be his last name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, we come to find out that he is many, many years later during the apocalypse still guarding the bunker that his family is in and can't mm-hmm. come out of and he has had no uh correspondence with we assume in, yeah. in however long this has been so yeah. that that i thought was really kind of a neat idea and really kind of heartbreaking 20 years 20 yeah. years he's been guarding his yeah. family in this bunker but i think you're right the very beginning takes place way after well i don't know how far after but after uh-huh. um you know when the two guys in the beginning are talking i think yeah. you're right that's significantly later yeah um but I, I don't know. I was kind of really hoping for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there he is. I mean, it's I a kinda cool lo- ass design. Cool I was going to say, I, I kind of like the um, the the center of his his chest actually starts to look like a radiation. Symbol. Oh, I didn't have that. that's cool. There's a there, I I I think I liked this a little bit more than you, JD. Um, I, I agree with you that it was just fine, mm-hmm. but there's a couple of really really intriguing seeds and in the design, then also the story. Like at the end, it's kind of revealed that. They are in, they're adjacent to Vegas. Yeah. And Vegas, the, the, the bit of Vegas that has stood, like the back matter, the Vegas that has stood has actually become uh, controlled by like cartoonish villains, yeah. uh, mob villains. I, I don't know why that just kind of made me, I thought I was reading one book and then that revealed it's potentially a different book a different other tropey book and merging the two just seems kind of fascinating to me. So like this guy, that's just this essentially Dr. Manhattan uh, ish origin is just um, protecting his family. But then, you know, him protecting his family puts him in the crosshairs of multiple mob bosses in a post-apocalyptic world. I mean, it could be fun. It could be Mad Maxi fun. It absolutely could be. Uh, This first issue didn't, make me feel like it was yet. Uh, I'm hoping that the next couple of issues, I'm going to stick with it only because Jeff Johns and Gary Frank are involved. And you remember Doomsday Clock, their most recent collaboration, I think. I felt similarly to, I absolutely loved the end of it. The beginning was a little like setting the stage, um, a little more setting the stage than Captivating Story. Um, I need but to I, what was that? I need to reread Doomsday yeah. Clock. Like as, yeah, as a whole piece, come out too. <laughs> as a whole piece, not two years. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, like issues eleven and twelve, so good. Like I love them. I agree. Um, yeah, 
But so anyway, I, I liked this. I definitely, I was reading it and I was like, oh, it's like a nuclear story from the 60s or 70s or something, like from an earlier storytelling era. Then maybe Jeff Johnson and Gary Frank have always been like, I want to tell one of those stories, you know? Um, and and now they're it doing did, it. It yeah. did have an EC vibe. It did have a, a 50s sci-fi kind of vibe. And, and then the introduction of like the over-the-top um mob characters it just kind of kept falling into that vibe for me i don't know um and it's I think even, it feels a little bit too much like uh, undiscovered country right now oh, Maybe. Okay. Yeah. i think the story will play out very differently yeah. um the way that it looks um, this will be i think this will be a lot less complex than undiscovered yes. country yeah, yeah yeah i think so this is going to be straightforward yeah. the, there was a problem that i had that by the end of the book i didn't have but I, along the same lines was i wonder gas? at what's that Sorry. Yeah, did you eat something weird? I just said, was it gas? <laughs> wait, did you it eat was. it? Wait, oh, by the hang end, on. I did you read gas. this on the toilet? Yeah. Because um, the beginning yeah. of the book, you had a problem. Yeah. yeah. The end of the book. Came out gone. fine. <laughs> um, yes, I did, but that's irrelevant to my problem. <laughs> the, uh, the, the Everyone shits, everyone. Wait, everyone shits. Wait, everybody poops? Everybody. Oh. I got, I got some people I, I have I to do correct. like that family guy gag where it's uh, everybody, yeah. everybody poops but you and that's concentrated evil coming out of your back end. Or yeah. Or something yeah. Like it says we're Catholic. Oh, you want this one? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, the changes in the passage of in the amount of time that has happened, I was like, how could this be? But then when it pulls out at the end, I'm like, really? Within 20 years, there's been a king and a successor and they built a castle and adopted old style, you know, like already. Oh, well, I mean, I mean the castle itself is, is, is just an old casino. Right. Like exactly. Old casino. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like oh, yeah, I was having yeah, that thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do love the idea that like, um, all of these mob bosses are mm -hmm. based off of thematically the casinos they that like they took over. After <laughs> yeah. That. Like, the Karloff, uh, the weird, creepy butler-looking guys, like the the haunted mansion-looking Camelot was probably like um, uh, medieval times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, casino and yeah, yeah co the Colosseum. Uh, yeah, see, I, I didn't think see. Was, I read this just this morning, and and I when I, once I got done, I was like, great, I gotta go. Yeah, get ready. all of these, all that. of these, all of these genre tropes align with like <laughs> the kind of casino or um, thematic. That's cool. Um, but and also I was wondering, like, at what point in a post-apocalypse does one decide hooded cloak? I'm going to like he grew up wearing the clothes that we wear and he's Look, like hooded cloak now. I'm in. I'm down. <laughs> I if, if any if this year has taught me anything, it's just how quickly people can become used to. You got an excellent point. Yeah. yeah. How, how people can yeah. adapt now. Now everyone forgets how to talk to people in person mm -hmm. and or like, yeah. well, how do I say hello? Yeah. Whereas we've adopted all of these uh, technological interfaces. So six months in the in, a, in, in the post-apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah. I'm aware of clothes. He's got that. Yeah. So you're ordering the cloak. <laughs> yeah. He's got I that mean, if that's the clothing that's there, available, cool. I'm just going to, I'm just going to yeah. wear the cloak. If I find yeah, yeah, a sword, yeah. I mean, I got to use a sword. The sword in the cloak. Totally. Yeah. I'll probably be in great shape yeah. because all I'm doing is wielding a sword and a cloak. Jumping off stuff. Eating, yeah. eating nothing but protein. Exactly. And uh, whatever you can catch. Um, and he looks cool. He does look cool. It's a cool design. Yeah, I um, like the character design a lot. And speaking of the old style, and this was on the main cover, I think. You've got that black and white checked uh, top. Like we're in, you know, a lot of Silver Age comics. Um, 
you guys know what oh, I'm yeah. talking about, right? That, like banner kind of thing. Um, so uh, it clearly is is uh, referencing these like the old Larson, kind of the Larson cover. It's good. Yeah. Uh, it's a great. I like Eric. Um, do you know what my biggest concern about this book is? What is it? Nope. This team is not historically on time with anything. Yeah. So I suspect the first arc of this book, even though it's like only five or six issues, will be a year. Uh, yeah, I'd say probably know, about a year. Up yeah. to issue three is solicited, but that means nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say, is it possible that Gary Frank had a head start? Because we haven't possible. seen him for a while. Absolutely. He had a, I, well, um, they have, he in the last two years, He's been working on Doomsday Clock in real time, even though he had a head start still. Um, they finished Earth One or Earth One Volume Three, Batman Earth One Volume Three, which comes out this summer. Nice. And then this. So he's not been doing nothing but this. I'm sure they have a little bit of a head start, but if history is an indicator for us, that head start will disappear. Yeah. As and you know what? I don't know if he on. is historically late. I know he was very late with Doomsday Clock because I know that Doomsday Clock was a Above and beyond what he's usually doing, a lot going on, right? Yeah. Like with layouts and making sure mm-hmm. that everything is just such a way. Um, a lot of characters too. Like yeah. there are a lot of characters in that book. Yeah. And you know what? I have in the past blamed artists, just assumed that it was the artist's fault, and found out that it was the writer actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So who knows? Yeah, we'll find out. Well, I mean, this is still the same writer, so. <laughs> oh right, yeah, that would yeah. not, <laughs> that would not affect yeah. us at all. Yeah, but um, all right, guys. Uh, all right, let's get on with our Sundays. Um, cool. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Please like, comment, subscribe, do all the things that you do on YouTube. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook as well. We go live there at uh, Facebook.com/slash/CultPopPodcasts. You can help the show out at Johnny or Patreon.com/slash/JohnnyDestructo. And uh, we will be here next Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Usually on Tuesday afternoons, I do a live streaming from my store where I show you all of the new products, comics, trade paperbacks, all this, all that sort of stuff. Um, so you can hang out with me then. And then also, do, uh, Noel and I usually do Thunder Rounds, which are videos that um, uh, were like 60-second reviews. JD, what? do you do uh, books or movie clubs on Tuesdays also? Is that a That's kind of true. thing that you're into? We do. At my like, shop, yeah, we do uh, Zoom meetings every Tuesday night. It's either book club or movie club. They alternate. And this Tuesday night, we're going to be talking about DC YA graphic novel Nubia yeah. about uh, Wonder Woman's sister, who you may or may not know about, has been around since cool. the 70s. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's it. You can go to, uh, if you're on Facebook and you want to join the book club or the movie club, basically the same club, you can go to the Facebook group JD's Hero Complex Book Club. It's the name mm-hmm. of my shop plus book club. Uh, and you can join us uh, where we vote on what we're going to be talking about. And then I post the Zoom links there. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will talk at you later. Da-da-da. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.